0: Welcome back to the Essentially You podcast, all about reinventing your health with safer, cheaper, more effective natural solutions and powerful lifestyle changes so that you become the CEO of your health. I am your host, Dr. Marisa Snyder. Are you experiencing symptoms of digestive distress, things like gas, bloating or constipation, low energy, brain fog, allergies, skin rashes, maybe even acne, or even headaches and migraines. If so, if any of these can relate to what's going on in your world, in your body, today's topic will provide some answers. Today is Q&A Friday, and I get a lot of questions about food, specifically what foods to eat for optimal hormone function and energy. Today's question was sent in by Candace Simmons. Candace reached out to me because she knows she is struggling with gut issues, PCOS and low thyroid function, but not sure where to start with her diet. Here is Candace's question. Dr. Marisa, I recently was diagnosed with PCOS and low thyroid function and my doctor asked me a couple questions about my overall digestive health. At the time, I didn't really put two and two together, but I'm realizing that my PCOS could be absolutely stemming from my gut issues. Are there foods I need to consider eliminating to help reverse my hormone issues? Now, this is such a great question for many reasons because there are lots of women out there, including yourself and myself, who have symptoms of inflammation, and unfortunately, food can play a big role. Now, why does food play such a big role? Well, for starters, food either moves us closer to inflammation or away from inflammation by disrupting our gut microbiome and causing leaky gut syndrome. Food can also mess with our stomach acid and cause us to become constipated, amongst many other things. For many of us, what we put into our mouths each and every day, multiple times a day, dictates our overall health, and over time can lead to chronic issues like diabetes, autoimmune diseases, and cardiovascular disease. Inflammatory foods can also create issues within our hormone function. So it's no surprise that our hormone health is directly connected to the health of our gut and our liver. So the question is, are you experiencing inflammation? I wanna take a moment and point out some of the most common symptoms when your body is being burdened by a buildup of toxins in your liver, your gut, and your cellular structures. Now, as I list out some of these most common signs and symptoms, I want you to do a quick inflammation assessment to see where you're at. Now, if you're experiencing two or three or more of these symptoms, I do highly recommend taking a couple weeks to a month to remove some of the inflammatory foods and restore your body, not only your detox pathways and your gut microbiome, but also your hormone pathways. All right, well, it is assessment time. Let's get ready to tally up. Have you been struggling with stubborn belly fat? No sex drive of any kind anymore? Feeling tired all day long? unexplained anxiety and mood swings, inability to fall asleep most nights, lack of focus or unable to concentrate or remember what you are about to say, uncontrollable sugar cravings, gas, bloating, or even constipation, headaches and migraines, skin issues like rashes, eczema, and breakouts, reoccurring chronic infections like candida, cold, yeast infections, sinus infections, allergies, joint pain and swelling, swollen tender breast and or irregular periods now that is a list of all the different types of ways that inflammation can show up inside of our bodies now if you answered a yes to two or more of these signs or symptoms you are in the right place today your body is absolutely looking to reduce that inflammation to detoxify restore and replenish with foods that lower inflammation So what are the foods that create inflammation in the body? Well, let me start by saying that each and every one of us are unique with our own unique genetics, gut health, and health concerns. So it's important to listen to your body. And if you want to dive deeper, you can also look at some tests that can show you if there are specific foods that are causing inflammation or creating an intolerance inside of your body. You could run a food allergy test, you could run a GI map gut test, you could even run an intestinal barrier, basically a leaky gut assessment, along with an organic acids test to determine that there are specific foods that you have an intolerance to. Now, if you've never taken these tests and aren't anticipating taking them anytime soon, I want you to know that there is a great list of baseline foods that you can start with that oftentimes create inflammation in many of our bodies. Now, the list here is to consider removing from your diet, because I know people ask me all the time, again, what food should I remove? and I have ran through thousands of people through my detox program where we remove these foods. This is based on a lot of research that I've done over the years, and I'm always amazed. Well, never, never fully amazed. I'm always excited and elated at the level of results that we get when we just start to remove these foods for a short period of time. So here's the list. Number one, probably one of the biggest culprits when it comes to inflammation in the body is sugar and sugar substitutes. Next is gluten and other grains, corn, eggs, caffeine, dairy, nightshades, potentially depending on what's going on with your body, processed foods and processed meats along with red meat. Now these foods drive inflammation and may even specifically be causing some of your worst symptoms. These foods are the most common culprits for hormone issues and menopausal symptoms and are linked to insulin resistance, estrogen dominance, thyroid dysfunction, and even more. So let's take a quick tour of these particular foods that I recommend removing at least for a couple of weeks to a month because your body then lowers that inflammation, your gut and detox pathways are back up and running and you begin to feel better, you begin to see some of those inflammatory signs and symptoms dissipate and go away. Again, first on that list was sugar and sugar substitutes. We know that sugar causes insulin spikes and leads to excessive fat storage, particularly around the belly. It also affects your cortisol levels, in turn disrupts the delicate estrogen and progesterone balance inside of your body. Insulin also wrecks your liver. You know, I always tell people prediabetes and diabetes is a liver issue more than anything else. We've gotta get that liver back up and running. And so when we have too much sugar in the system, it definitely burdens our liver. Next is gluten. Now we know that gluten for many people creates an inflammatory response in your gut, brain, and thyroid. Concerns around gluten is that ultimately it can get into the bloodstream and also create autoimmune conditions like hajimotos. So gluten is always something to test and look at to see if your body responds to it or not. In the same vein as gluten are grains. These can also increase gut inflammation that contributes to digestive distress, leaky gut, irritable bowel, and a decreased number of essential substances like serotonin that are produced inside the intestines. So sometimes I recommend that you just give up all grains altogether, grains, gluten, all of it, even for 14 days, there are a lot of other carbs that we can get in, things like sweet potatoes and squashes and vegetables, cauliflower rice, there's lots of different options that we have that can replace grains and gluten and definitely give your body an opportunity to reset. Next is caffeine. Now, I know, I know, I know that morning cup of coffee is the real deal. But it can rev up our adrenal hormones and send our body into survival mode, not only today, but also tomorrow. So if you spent a lot of your adult life, you know, taking that shot of espresso, drinking that coffee, just note that it could be adding up to driving that stress response system. So I always think giving any caffeine a break for a good you know, two weeks to a month, it's always a great idea just to see how your body responds. If you're feeling like you've got lots of mental chatter, you're feeling overly stressed, you're feeling burned out, caffeine so often isn't doing us a ton of favors if anything it's causing to make the problem worse. Next on the list is dairy. Now, dairy can also create, and many people know this, right? They've got lactose intolerance, and um, it can create inflammation and mucus and phlegm. You know, so often respiratory issues are exacerbated by dairy. So it's one of those things that we know that we should probably put to the wayside. Now, the beautiful thing is is because so many of us have a lactose and a casein digestive issue that there's a lot of substitutes. There's cashew everything. There is almond milk. There's coconut milk. I mean, name it. There's coconut ice cream, cashew ice cream. There's all the things out there that we can substitute out. Just be really mindful that you're working with a product, like if you're subbing, out dairy products for non-dairy products, that they're organic, that there's not a lot of processed ingredients, because sometimes when we try to make dairy products, often we see a lot of extra ingredients. So it's easy to sub out, definitely worth subbing out. I, for one, I'm, I can't do gluten, I can't do dairy, sugar has never been my best friend. So those are foods that for me are pretty much out of my life altogether. Next on the list is nightshades. Now, nightshades are specifically, you know, they can be an intolerance for people specifically with an autoimmune condition or someone who already has existing gut inflammation, maybe acne and joint pain. It's not always obvious if you have a nightshade issue or not. So, it absolutely is worth looking into testing. If you do have an autoimmune condition, it's absolutely worth giving up nightshades for at least a month because they could indeed be causing further inflammation. Now, nightshades are things like tomatoes, peppers, eggplants, golgi berries, bell peppers, those make up the nightshade family. Next is processed foods, meats, eggs. Again, these can be loaded with hormone imposters that you definitely do not need to be ingesting. These substances can create estrogen dominance inside of the body and could lead to tons of inflammation on a cellular level, so again, I always have a rule, like if you can't pronounce what's on the packaging, if, you, if it's more than five ingredients on the packaging, it's probably not worth eating. Try to stick around the parameters. You know, my three staples for food is always healthy fats clean proteins, and fiber. Now fiber includes veggies, fiber includes fruits, fiber includes some nuts and seeds. You know, it it really depends. There may even be some of you where nuts and seeds are off the limits. It just really depends on what you've got going on, but definitely processed foods and processed meats are a no go. We also know that for some reason, eggs have a way of creating inflammation. I love eggs, but I've definitely had to limit eggs in, in the past to really give my body the chance to reset Especially with an autoimmune condition. Last is red meat. Now I know lots of people would argue that you know we've got grass-fed organic red meat, but hear me out. Consuming red meat regularly can raise your estrogen levels. If you're in perimenopause or menopause, you you may already have a higher concentration of estrogen in the body, especially in perimenopause. And eating excess amounts of red meat can actually even increase estrogen dominance, leading to things like fibroids, leading to things like heavy bleeding and fibrocystic breasts, migraines. And so I find that figuring out whether red meat is a concern or not is always worthwhile. So giving up red meat for 14 days is usually enough time to figure out if red meat is causing these issues. I say 14 days is a great time to detox from red meat. And then when you bring it back, make sure that if you can focus on the cleanest red meat you can, grass-fed, organic red meat, that would be my goal. If you can have like a local market where you can get really great red meat, that's always a go. Or things like lamb, you know, things like bison, things like buffalo, whatever, whatever it is you can get your hands on. We do a lot of bison and lamb here in our house. And also fish. Fish is a great option as well. Now that you have the list, this that's the whole list of kind of the biggest heavy hitters, you now can just determine which of these foods are worth removing from your diet for two weeks to 30 days. And if you find you're doing phenomenally, you may even wanna continue. I have given up all these foods for six months to nine months at a time and have felt incredible. Doing that, and when I have brought things back in, it's been grass-fed red meat. It's been what else? I've brought in eggs occasionally, and I have. Well, that's pretty much it. Those only things. And and nightshades have never really been a problem for me. So nightshades are usually on my I can eat list. Now, if you want to go even more in depth, I do have a 14-day detox program where I remove all these foods for 14 days and. Again, I'm always elated to see the results that our amazing participants, our detoxers get when they do this program for 14 days. So if you've ever been considering, especially now since we've been home for many, many months, a gentle yet effective detox that takes out all of the guesswork, that gives you the recipes, the meal plan, the whole kit and caboodles. So all you gotta do is get the food and make it. It's super, super easy to follow. I will have the link in the show notes for episode 199 for my 14 day detox, which again, you can join at any time, we have an amazing detox group that's very active. People are always joining and it's great to get that ongoing support. Now, if you are still trying to navigate and you're figuring out a starting place, I would also recommend grabbing my bonus detox cheat sheet with food recipes and other recommendations to begin to clean up your diet and remove those inflammatory foods, also to help support your liver and your gut who are doing the big work around inflammatory foods in dealing with the toxic load, I will have the link to this amazing guide which people absolutely love. The green smoothie recipes, the recipes, the blends, all of it is just so, so helpful when you're starting this journey. And I will have it in the show notes as well for episode 199, or you can just go to drmarisa.com slash detox blends and grab it right there. And I just want to say thank you so much for joining me today for another Q&A Friday episode here on the Essentially You podcast. Coming up next week, I know I mentioned estrogen dominance and fibroids earlier in the show. I'm actually bringing on a special guest, Christine Garvin, to not only share her personal experience and expertise on uterine fibroids, but also how to treat them naturally. You know, of women, by the time they're 50, will have uterine fibroids. Now, many of us won't know we have them, but they can absolutely cause symptoms depending on if they get worse, they get bigger. So this is a really incredible episode. It applies to all of us as women at some point, and I think you're gonna love not only Christine's story, but also ways in which that we can actually tackle how to reduce and treat uterine fibroids naturally. So, I hope you can catch that episode next Tuesday. Until then, have an amazing weekend. I'll see you soon.